Welcome to No Ideas Original featuring Shanon, Mr. Rob, and Zane. What's up, y'all? What's good? What's going on, man? Yo, yo, later in the show, we're gonna have we're gonna have a, a, a vote in the comment section and get people's opinion on Cracker Barrel. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, we gotta be, well, we're gonna have to be specific about the location because they have one in Virginia, North Carolina, and South Carolina. Shit, they got a cracker barrel in um Connecticut too, Rob. You didn't know that? Yeah, and Jersey, they got one in Jersey too. Right across eighty four. Yeah, yeah, cracker barrel just not my shit. It's it's, it's nice. high, but like not their breakfast is okay, but it's just that it's, yeah. it's like I'm not like. You know how you call it. I would probably, I'd probably take it over IHOP, but for me to set anything out, like, yo, you said anything better than IHOP, yo? You said anything better than IHOP? Anything is better than IHOP? So, yo, you think, you think them um, how you call it, them dirty Waffle Houses down in Georgia is better than IHOP? That's the greasy spoon joint. You gotta have the greasy spoon, especially when you come up from like the club or lounge or something. Waffle House got the old diner set up, son, with the spinning, yeah and get um how you call it get some pancakes but when we went it was like they got a 30 they was like they got a 30 minute wait i'm like yo how the fuck you got a 30 minute wait during a pandemic <laughs> they gotta clean them tables man before they sit your ass yo they how you call it that mean that that's overcrowded yeah overcrowded. Mm-hmm. Yo, what's up? how y'all week been what y'all been up to i've been all right man actually you know listening to the buster album still in the mood you know, we're about 90% done, but we're turning that corner. This is going to be the last weekend in this house that we're in. So we're steadily moving, man. Um, other than that, that's been it, man. Dialysis is still good. Yeah. Still healthy, so. Yo, you know what I meant to ask you? Do you have, like, um, I have, like, a little ritual that I do when I, like, I move from a place to leave a place. I always take a picture of, like, the front door, like, when I, um, when I leave, yeah. So like I got like different pictures of like different places that I've lived. Okay. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't even think Tanya realized that, but I got I got pictures of different like doors or like pictures of where we lived and shit like that. The only ritual that that really is that we, we don't like we don't bring old garbage cans. <laughs> That's a good in, one. We we bring in new garbage cans. There's some things that I didn't want to bring over. Mm-hmm. Old, old, old coats, old shoes, old stuff like you know. I want to go into this with the idea of a new, mm. everything new, new ideas, new dreams, new thoughts. I didn't want to bring any old ideas, so we did a little bit of that. Yeah, that makes sense. What's up with you? What you been doing this week? Not much, man. I've been. I got back into my um collecting baseball and football cards and stuff like that. So I've been really like. Going to like Targets and and Walmart and stuff like that and like the bubble gum thing. Huh? Nah, nah, no, nah. Hey, don't eat nah. that bubble gum. Hey, 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 I couldn't, I couldn't find garbage pill kids. If I if I could find garbage pill kids, I'll start collecting them joints too. Uh, uh, those garbage pill kids cards worse out? Yeah. What? Yeah. Wow. How about that? And then my daughter's birthday was uh on the on the on the third. You know what I'm saying? Oh. So uh, she had a very, very good 
birthday or whatever. And um, happy birthday, you know, yeah. Thanks, man. Shout out to my daughter Genesis. But yeah, you know, she had, she had a very good birthday, and uh, for the most part, um, I'm just still trying to navigate through this uh, whole thing with finding out from these 2019 and 2020 baseball cards and all that stuff because being being that this COVID stuff is going on. Uh, a lot of like I've been looking online. They saying that it's, it's just a major craze for it. But Shannon, they used to uh, t- get uh, collect cars or you were Kenyatta or, or, or Kareem. Yo, yo, I was just about to tell you. I gotta get with you because I got yo. I got some heat. I got King Griffey rated rookie. I got that. I got the eighty nine Don Russ. I got yeah, I got two yeah. of them joints. Yeah, I got that. I got like a um. I got a Mark McGuire rookie card. I got all them things. Jose Caseco. Matter of fact, I got I got I got Ken Griffey Jr.'s post serial rookie card. I got two of them things. It came in like a a, it came in that post serial box or whatever. Yo, yo, I'm gonna have for my gonna have have a moment a moment right here that I don't know name remember when we was kids, right? We was in Zane House in New Jersey and we was looking at like our baseball cards or something like that. And this, mm-hmm. this 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 nigga Zane had Lou Brock, a Lou Brock baseball card. And I remember clowning him like, yo, we got this Lou Brock ass dude, this Lou Brock, this, that. Yo, well, at that time, I didn't even know being young and stupid. I think Lou Brock was like the all time steel leader or something like that. Like that. Yeah. yeah, yo, you know how much that, I don't know if you still got that card, but you know how much that card. I still got that card. Yo. I think the Lou Brock, either that or the Padre, something like that. I think it was a card. I think it may have been the Cardinals. I think so. Really? I, yeah, I think so. But I, I know. We, I know. Afterwards, it dawned on me. I was like, "Oh shit, Lou Brock." So yeah. he had the, the Lou Brock joint back then. Wow. And then my pops had got. Uh, I still got. Well, my mom has the bat. She keep it in her car, but it's all banged up. It was a. It was a. Uh, it's it, originally I got it like what back in. My pops got it like. I think it was in the 80s. He was somewhere, and it's it's a uh, it was it Willie Stargell? Oh wow! Or, uh, yeah, but my mom keep it in her car, like it's <laughs> her weapon. So I actually saw no, I keep you not, bro. My mom, my mom came into town a couple of days ago to get her nails done, right out, out here in College Park. So she said, "Hey, what you doing?" So I, I met up with her. Why when I when I when I go to the car, she got the the bat in the back seat. The Willie Starzell drink autograph and the drink is all scratched. Willie I'm like, Starzell, wow, son. Yeah. And I had got I had got that like in the early eighties. That was those seventies like guys right there. Willie yeah, Starzell. Yeah. Um but no, I think my 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 favorite cards right now is the Lamar Jackson rookies. I got I got four of them. The Raider rookie for yeah, I, I never got yo, I never got into collecting anything outside of baseball cards. And I just honestly, I just the reason why I have my baseball cards is because I put them in the in the sheets and I just left them. And yeah. I just and I didn't even think about it till a couple of weeks ago. My youngest son was mm. um, he had bought some some um, Pokemon cards to flip. I heard and, those is big too. Yeah. yeah, yeah, he flipped them and then somehow I was like, yo, wait a minute. My my wife was like, yo, don't you got baseball cards laying around somewhere? So I was like, yo, matter of fact, I do or whatever. So I, I pulled uh-huh. out, I was just looking through to be like, let me see what I got again. I was like, yeah. oh, yo, I probably got some stuff in here worth some bread. The card game. She said you got that that Ken Griffey. That's worth money, bro. Depending mm-hmm. upon what what company of the card is. 
Yeah, Don Russ. Don Russ, right oh, yeah. That's the one I got. Yeah, he got it. He's, he's holding the bat like this. Yep. He got the helmet on and all that. Yeah. Yeah, the card game is the serious jewel that you into it. You got a problem. Yeah. Yeah. You, you, know, you ever got into it, Rob? You ever started collecting? I, I got into it early when I was a kid, but then as I got old, I just thought it was just past time. So I got rid of a lot of cards. But I had a lot of stuff. Yeah. I, me being a big Yankee fan, I had a lot of. Red Sox cards, Yankee cards, old, mm. old um, Kyle Ripken cards. Um, Look at that. You brought you you back Willie Stardew. I remember having Buffy Dent, Rick, Rick Cerrone, Greg Metal. Had a lot of Yankee stuff, man. Yeah. Damn. Don Mattingly? Don Mattingly. Yeah. Um, crazy. Willie Randolph, Buffy Dent, Ron Guidry, Bruce Gossett. Damn. Um, yeah. Yo, Rob, you didn't do thousands of dollars away, my brother. Yeah, yeah man. Yo, listen, man. And, and, and like I said, that's why I said that you eat the gum, because I used to collect cards for the fucking gum. Oh, uh, no. Well, yeah. no. Well, now, now, that, the best gum back then to me, Shanam and, and Rob, I'm sure you probably would agree, is probably Big League Chew. Mm-hmm. You had the red one, you had the, uh, the green one. And that was back when I was collecting um, garbage pill kids. I was living on East 223rd Street at the time. Yeah. For yeah. my mouth. That was a big little shoot, man. Yes, yo, yo, so, um, so, so this, 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 one, I don't know if you guys had a chance to, um, to check it out yet, but, I, um, definitely the, the, the sports, the ideas, original sports dude, the interview with Terrence Munch Williams was fire. Um, I watched that. And then on the past Saturday, yo, I watched that Tank and Leo Santa Cruz fight. Yo, oh my God. Yo, that was a hell, yo, that was a hell of a fight. I mean, after a while, I seen I seen the tide of the fight turning. Like mm-hmm. probably like the fourth round, I seen. I'm like, ah, right, yo, Tank is really starting to impose as well, and you can tell that like, he's physically stronger than him. So it's only gonna be a matter of time because Leo Santa Cruz, the heart of a warrior, want to go toe to toe. And sure enough, yo, he slumped that boy. One you shot. know what? You know what's so funny? Now go ahead, Rob. One shot, one kill. That's it. Yeah, cause yo, I, I I was uh we was we was watching the fight, right? So I'm saying it's gonna be seven, but for some reason I was thinking that this other dude was gonna win, cause 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 going into that fight that I only saw uh Javante Davis, aka Tank, fight that that was his fourth fight that I ever saw. Mm-hmm. But I never knew this dude is like 24, 24 no with twenty three knockouts. Yeah, yo, or, I think or, 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 I think or, or, or is he twenty five and over twenty four knockouts now? I think he got about twenty one knockouts. I think probably. No, it was more than that, bro. I, I, it was like twenty four and over twenty three knockouts. I, I think that was going into the fight or after the fight. And I was like, what? They said Mike Mike Tyson's percentage wasn't even like that. Oh boy, that's crazy. He was the punch, and he had the leverage in the arm distance. That's why I was like. No, if he hit him with one good shot, that fucking uppercut. I've never yo, that, that that took the soul out of him, yo. But 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 tank tank to me and, and, and like right before he did that, I man, it was me, Celeste, B, and a couple other people over here watching watching the fight, right? So to me, like right before out for me, yo. Huh? Shout out B side for me. B Oh hey, B up to last. Yeah. They they, they 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 should be tuning in. Um, right before um, Javante Davis threw that left uppercut, I was like, "Yo, this dude looked tired," and that's when he did it. Okay. I, I'm thinking that 
Yeah, I was thinking Tank. Tank looked like he was kind of fatigued or whatever for some reason. That's the yo, that's, that's the that's the downfall of rap on Tank. Like yo, his conditioning is always a, a, a question. Like making weight and shit like that is it's always a, a question. Yo, low key, I think tomorrow Devin Haney fight. Devin Haney. And that's what it is. Devin Haney. I, I, I was just telling beat the uh, a couple of hours ago. I said it's, it's a big fight tomorrow. I couldn't remember who the person's name was. So Devin Haney yeah. fights tomorrow. Yeah, and then um. Kenyatta was telling me, and I was reading about it, that um, you see Canelo parted ways with the zone and um, and Golden Boy, and he a free he a free oh, agent. I, there. I didn't know that. Yeah, a free agent. And they, I think they talking about um, December. Caleb Plant, PBC coming to Al Heyman, get that bag. Wow. Yeah, that's gonna be huge. Yo, so big big things going on in the sports sector. I, I, I guess we could probably leave that for the sports brethren for them to kick up yeah. that talk about that. Yo, let's get into, let's start off um, the show with, with what's been on everybody's mind all week. Election night has turned into election week. And yeah. here's, here's, here's the thing, right? I think all of us anticipated that this wouldn't be resolved in one night and that it'd be, long go- it'd be ongoing. But here yeah. we are four or five days in and, and same same thing. Yo, it's, it's, I don't even know. It's, this this election is an emotional election between Michigan, shit in Florida, Arizona, all these things. Trump filing a lawsuit. This nigga's a sore loser. <laughs> but yo, I think this is a fair based election, man. I think you know, being minorities of black people, we vote. We we usually vote in insecurity. We really don't know what these candidates have in line for us becoming presidents. And, you know, it became more of a, not root for Biden, but get Trump out of office. And I think that that, that being the emotional, the emotional uh, aspect of it, but also um, from, a, from a, a feminist standpoint, more Caucasian women voted for Trump. A lot more, more, more liberal uh, feminist women voted for Trump. And the idea of that is that white women could not stand seeing a black woman four years closer to becoming a, a president with Biden uh, and, and with dementia or some shit. Like, yeah. they're going for it, but I think, keep, you know, Yo, keep going for a second. Yeah. I got to step out for a second, but keep going. Because security, I think security became the base for where the, the country is looking at it like going forward. And I think from a Caucasian standpoint, white women were like, yo, I'm, I'm keeping my, my I'm, the, the, the base of the security of the country, I'm I, I'm a sticker with my own. So they started they started to follow Trump, which was, which, was, which I thought was kind of, kind of different. Yeah, especially for, I mean, you, you you definitely brought up a lot of good points. And I was thinking, you know, especially how people know uh, of, you know, the different comments that Trump had made uh, when, you know, he thought the mics was off or behind the scenes and, you know, chauvinistic type of uh, comments and stuff like that. But that, that, that goes to prove, bro, like you said earlier, a lot of, a lot of these uh, Caucasian women, they would rather... Uh, keep a male chauvinist in office yeah. than to have a black woman, you know, on right. any type of platform and to you where, you know, 
And the reason for that, Zane, is that they were keeping close to home. Now, both of these individuals are Caucasian males, but who knows the Caucasian male better than the white woman? She knows both facets of these individuals, but because Trump <clears throat> is who he is and the image that he's already castigated upon, upon people, people are, Biden, Biden has still got beef with the black man because of the crime bill of the 90s. That's still, that's still, a, that's still, that situation is still haunting the male man. And a lot of male men, you know what I mean? They're like, you know, sent niggas to jail. Niggas is just coming home from jail because of Biden. Real talk, man. And like I said, I, I just think this, this voting situation just became a little emotional and I, and I and I know our people vote out of insecurity they just want to they just want to be safe and their safest and I and I guess their safest way of voting this year is voting Trump out of office because of because of his accusations and his moves and the things he's been doing and his, you can see he's clearly a white supremacist you know you put him and you put him at the top of the heat for another four years, who knows what this country is going, is going to turn into? But with Biden, we still don't know what the country's going to turn into. And my my, this is my thing. Yeah, I um, I think that this is this this election to me, you know, like I, I listened to the exit polls really closely, and what I heard from the exit polls was to me, it was it was surprising, because the exit polls told me that Trump, people weren't really as concerned about Trump's managing of COVID as what I thought they would be. Clearly what Joe Biden thought they would be also because the Democrats spent a significant amount of time beating up Donald Trump about his management of COVID. And the other thing, the other thing that was like, they had a list of six. His management of COVID may have been number four. Number five, I think was, was, um, racial equality, right? Number one, I think was the economy. Number two was healthcare. Forget what number three was. And I forget number, what number six, but it, it just, it this stood out to me because I'm like, these are the two most, the two biggest things that have happened this year. Right. The, the uh, everything that's been going on with COVID and everything that's been going on in terms of racial inequality and people that come out the polls and talk to the press about why they voted and who they voted for had nothing to do with those two things. So I looked at that and I was like, damn, that tells me that, yo, this this race was more so an indictment on Trump and how people feel about Trump, right? Right. I don't think that people care so much for Biden more than they actually dislike Donald Trump. Right, and because they don't, they don't. What, what is it that they know about Biden? All they know is about the. That he's not Donald Trump. Right, and, and the ninety crime bill. Yeah, that he's not Donald Trump. But the, you know, I, I think I was sharing this with you um last week, Rob, and I was saying that um, you know, I was having a conversation with uh, my father-in-law, and we were talking about the crime crime bill. He's been in law enforcement for he was in law enforcement for many years, and he was saying, you know, which I had already knew. He was saying that, you know, at that time too, with the crime bill, that were crime being rampant, he was like, there's a lot of people in our communities that were really on politicians about cracking down on crime and doing stuff, you know, to to, to try to take back their neighborhoods. 
Yeah, um, you, know, you know, if you know it, the 90s back then, wasn't no light years when crack was in business. Crack. Yeah, that crack, you know, crack hit the hood and, and crack was crazy. Had, huh? a, had a significant impact. But um, just, a, you know, a couple of things that, I, that really, that stand out to me also from this election, right? So Donald Trump is really going to be his own demise because he delegitimized the whole mail-in vote process. And now that's what's coming back to haunt him. He told all his supporters, no. go to the polls and vote for me and discredited everything that had to do with these mail-in ballots. Whereas Joe Biden's message and the Democrats' message was, go out and vote, but hey, if you can't vote, mail in your ballot. So now they're looking at all these ballots coming in and they're getting the true number in terms of what the actual votes are. And now all of a sudden Donald Trump is, is still stuck in that position of trying attempting to delegitimize you, you know, these votes. And 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 it's it's honestly it's really dangerous rhetoric because everything that he's doing right now, like like even by getting on TV and saying you know like stop the vote and you know uh, this, this this people are trying to steal an election and all that. The U.S. has really spent time going into other foreign countries over stuff like this because they felt like dictators and people who, that were running these other countries were preventing the democracy. And here it is, our president of the U.S. is now preventing democracy. To me, y'all, I look at it like, honestly, Donald Trump, this is a situation where Donald Trump, he, don't, he doesn't have an OG, right? All of us in our life, all three of us, I'm sure we got somebody in our life that could tap us on the shoulder and be like, yo, Rob, it's a wrap. Bring him home or <laughs> whatever, it's over. Right. And there's, there's nobody with balls from the Republicans to tap him on the shoulder and be like, yo, bro, you, you just gotta concede and let this one go and just leave it at that. You know, like, cause all this, all this stuff about delegitimizing the, um, the, 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 the election and the, the voting process and all this stuff or whatever, to me is just groveling and it makes no sense. It's not helpful for anything at this point. It's stoking fear and violence and division. Yeah, and like I said, this is a fear-based election, man. And it's more castigated on getting him out than actually what 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 else what are we voting in mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying we clearly know what biden's agenda is now if you look at the united states any any of these presidents their first responsibility and i say all the time is israel they're gonna, they gonna send a check to israel as soon as anything goes in the inauguration so <laughs> when when it comes to minority and i think it was early 1700s where they had a, some sort of minority act where people could come as long as they were white they could come to this country and, and benefit from the fruits they labor in this country but then you have other minorities such as Japanese, you know, Japanese Koreans, all sorts of Asians people from the Caribbean they, 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 they get a little they get a little leg up when they come to this country versus those who are from this country you know what I'm saying? With the benefits of uh, having you know home ownership and, and property ownership and opening up businesses these guys you know what I'm saying they all voted for Trump that's why I think people people were mad with most of the Hispanic community down in Florida voting for Trump but you gotta remember these people are coming to this country and they're looking at Trump as this guy knows money he, he's the reason why I came to this country so I can be like him 
Yo, but you know what? Even that in itself, though, Rob, if they, if people actually took the time and vetted and looked at his financial dealings, that dude has filed bankruptcy on several occasions. So he ruined Atlantic City. But who, but who reads? Who does research? <laughs> people make their decisions based on what they see on the surface, man. Uh-huh. This guy is a television personality, and you hear that name Trump. We've been hearing that name Trump for so long, and that yeah. name was associated with the idea of money. So you get yeah. some from this coming to this country from Nigeria, from any other country looking for that for that golden cup, for that way of living, that American living. They associate that shit with Trump. They don't know who Biden is. Donald Trump fighting to stay in office because he's fearful of an indictment. But yeah, if he didn't yo, if he didn't have a, that potential indictment hanging over his head, like yo, Donald Trump, he may not be the president per se, as with the elect the, the, the electoral college is gonna say, but his following is not gonna go away, man. Like yo, he's gonna have those followers. And yeah. it's you know, it's it's it puts Republicans in a difficult position, right? Because you want to distance yourself from him right now because he looks crazy, but clearly, yo, he could bring, yo, look, look at, look at how many people we got to vote for him. Yeah. Like he speaks to, he speaks to his base. He has a base. He could drum up votes for people. And the sad thing about it, yo, check this out. The people, if you look at the ticket, the Republicans in the Senate all are on pace to get reelected. So they looked, other people looked and was like, you know what? I could deal with all these other Republican people. It's his ass that I want out. Exactly I tell you what, happened. though, man. I, I knew I knew it was gonna be a problem for him. Uh, once uh, you know, it was it was a known fact that George Bush Senior didn't like him. And you know how much pull George George Bush Senior has. So you, you got one of the yo, 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 huh? him and George Bush Senior, what they was competing to see who could be the worst uh, one one term president. Right, right. You know, it was it was it was, it was crazy, bro. So once once I saw that, and once I saw that Trump, uh, he was saying that, or I guess it's, it's, it's evident that he wasn't, he vowed not to get paid. And I think that was a very smart move by him. That's why he gets away with so much stuff. Because if you're not like, if you're the president, but you're not quote unquote, taking that salary, uh, and really they, they don't have that much control over you. I mean, they do. I mean, of course, presidents are the puppets. They have higher ups, but it's more stuff that Trump can get away with being that he's not getting that salary as far as being being president. Well, kids, you think, think about the salary is what? 200 some grand, 300 yeah, like 420 grand or something like that, yeah, something like that. So, so, the, so the salary associated with the job for him doesn't mean anything. Remember, this dude, you live in, you live in rent free, expense free private jet everywhere you go anything you want to do for four years yo one of the perks of one of the perks of being an elected official i, I have read somewhere is i think that they get health care all this bickering over health care i think public officials get health care for life mm. yeah so secret service following his bitch ass everywhere you go now too for life yeah yo yeah. Trump, Trump, Trump wanted to be a dictator that's all yeah yeah he, wanted, he just want to run shit Yo. Plus, plus, I, I always looked at it like, yo, like no other president that we know have ever been on and used Twitter as a major platform. I'm like, yo, like, is this dude really tweeting this stuff or he has somebody that's doing it? Because you know why, it's, it's crazy. You know why? Because he uses, he uses Twitter because Twitter 
is the same reason why people use Instagram and everything else is direct to consumer, direct to his audience. There's no filter. When you right. gotta go to a show, you know, like these shows, they have the ability. You just just think recently he did that interview with 60 Minutes and had a meltdown. You, you can't control the narrative. But if you go in directly to your base and the people you speak to, you are you anything them. you say out to them. And you, and you can see it on, on the map. That's middle America, all them red states, middle America. That's some country, Caucasian, Anglo-Saxon, Protestant males and their wives. They've been waiting for someone like Trump to step up and speak their language, man. And Yo, the, this country is still heavy in a divide, man. Heavy. Do you, do, you, do, you, do you guys see that this could be a, a, a antecedent to a potential race war, or you think it's more fear mongering through the different media platforms? Across I, news? I always, I've always been on the table. With the That's what I was gonna say. I, I think that that existed prior to even with Trump coming at all. I just think that like there's been so much going on now that there's heightened sense and heightened awareness around these things. But you know, like mm -hmm. I, I maintain for the longest that I think that once they finally do call this. That there was going to be some up there's going to be some sort of uprising and revolt people are going to be upset if biden wins people will be upset if trump wins and people i think are going to be even more upset if trump tries to use this legal the legal muscle to try to change the election because right so, now everybody know who has faith in the political process right now especially us as black people we don't have no damn faith in the political process so if this man can use the courts that the people he appointed and put in courts to manipulate to, to manipulate the election, that's really concerning, man. And then you know the one thing that can, that can, that, I'm glad you brought that up about people to get mad whether if, if Trump get elected or if Biden get elected, right? Me and B was talking about this earlier, and so what? What are the terms where uh, Pelosi can become president? Oh, that's far down. That's far down the line. I was saying last week on last week's episode that um, in the event of a tie. The House, mm -hmm. the House gets mm -hmm. to pick the president, the Senate gets to pick the vice president. So it'd be conceivable that the House, you know, the House would pick somebody, pick Biden, the Senate would pick Pence or whatever it is. But the way this is going, this, this ain't going to no tie. You don't think it's going to no tie? Yeah, ain't going to loser, so, so, clear winner. Go ahead, Rob. You're a clear loser and a clear winner. Mm -hmm. And the, the instigation of if this person wins, this is gonna happen. This person wins, that's gonna happen. Listen, honestly, these are Caucasians. This, this is their voting process. This is their voting system. Are we a part of it? Absolutely. But at the end of the day, who is gonna affect those who are at war with one another? It ain't really gonna affect us to a certain degree because at the end of the day, you and I, all of us know the, the environments that we've come from and all these presidents, how much has changed? Yeah. I'll wait. Yeah. Every opportunity that we have to this day, we've taken the opportunity of our, taking ourselves out of the equation and make our lives better by our efforts. Not by any any uh, affiliation of what the president has done for each and every one of us. We took the bull by the horn and made our lives the way We've made our lives. I think as a people, that's what we need to continue to do. Yeah, go vote, whether Republican or Democrat. Go do your service. And don't believe in the whole, my ancestors died so you can vote. Don't believe that shit. My ancestors died for freedom. Mm -hmm. My ancestors died whistling at white women. How about that? My ancestors died 
when we try to become uppity, as they call us, a stush, or having our chest higher, we think we, we know what we're doing. We was getting killed for that. Nigga, we was getting killed because we were landowners and property owners. That's what my ancestors died for. You know what I'm saying? So once the election wins, or who, once the election is over, whoever wins, so go back to paying attention to your family. Go back to doing something for your community. Go back to whatever it is that you, you're focused on prior to the election and stay there. Don't get into a war with no Democrat, Republican, like the two wings of the same bird, man. The you know what? Of the same canine. One's a fox, the other one's a wolf. You know what? I, you know. You know what I would say though. Like, um, I, I'd like to see honestly people just keep the same, keep the same energy and the same level of excitement they have. Like, people get excited around these presidential elections, and then after the president is um, determined, they don't. I call it like, yo, they take. You know, keep your foot. If Joe Biden win, keep your foot on his neck. You know, what about all those promises you made when you was on the campaign trail? If Trump comes back and steals this, you know, put your foot on his neck, like. They, right. people, people just tap in. They tap in for a minute, for a moment, capture the moment because it's a fad or whatever, and people were excited about it. And then afterwards, they ghost. You know, like right now, if we were to poll people and be like, yo, who's your local senator? Who, who's the senator in your state? Who's your congressperson and stuff? People don't have that level of interest. You know, this this is right now is just the talking point in the end. So that's why everybody is so engaged and, right. and playing in on it. Like, truth be told, once this is all said and done, CNN, Fox, all these people, MSNBC, their ratings, they, they're getting the best ratings they ever got. So the longer they string this out without calling this, this election, it's much more beneficial for them. How long how long you think this, this is going to go out to? Um, how long is it going to be Well, look, let me tell you this. There's, there's, there's two ways to look at this, right? How long do I think before one of the um, major media outlets actually call Pennsylvania for Joe Biden or how long do I think before Donald Trump is forced to come to the realization that he's not going to win? Which one? Are both. both. The media? Both. I would say within the next two or three days, the media is going to call Pennsylvania for Joe Biden and declare Joe Biden well, the winner. Like I can see that. I can see that happen. There's a potential for that to probably happen late tonight. If not late tonight, tomorrow. So like I said, maybe two, three days top. Donald Trump actually accepting that he didn't win, that's going to be weeks. That's, that's going to be, be all the way through December until like literally, because he's going to have this in the courts. And what people don't understand about the courts is legally in order for like, he, he has the right to request recounts. He has the right to seek legal action. There's nothing wrong with that. The only thing is when you get in the court, you have to be able to prove that there was something done illegally. Right. And there's right now, there's not anything that he's able to prove that's done been done illegally. You know what he, he you he's using methods that he's probably used in business by bullying people with lawyers to get people to bend his will. You right. know, he plays the leverage game. He, he yeah. leverages and he uses that to his advantage. That's right. But his his with his way, I think that he's in trouble with um with with lawyers at this point. The, the as as corrupt as the country may be there's checks and balances put in place right and there's process and method methodology behind all this stuff so the more he continues to 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 attempt to delegitimize the election 
all these other people are factors. Not on, it's not only about the liberals anymore. Now the Republicans are side eye and you looking at you like, yo, wait a minute, you over here talking about our great constitution and everything we stand for and this wonderful democracy is a hoax. You know, like it just doesn't, it just doesn't work that way. Think about every time that Trump has been put on a hot seat, it's always been gone to some type of lit to um to litigation, right? Like even now with the taxes. The ta people ask this man for taxes before you, yo, I'm getting audited. Why? Because he constantly has his attorneys trying to muddy the water. The only difference is you could probably beat the IRS away for some time before they actually make you reveal your taxes or they get their hands on, you know, whatever it is, or the American people get their information on it. But the courts are not, the courts right now, he doesn't have a legal standing right now. And that's why I said he need an OG, he need somebody to tap him on the shoulder and be like, yo, bro, you need to concede and you need to really start thinking about what your legal strategy is when the other courts come after you. I think the OG is around for him like this. He's gonna fuck up. He's gonna listen to us. <laughs> what basically happens if, if, if Trump don't concede? Like what, what what's what's the end game? Now? <laughs> we about to find out. That's a, <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking I'm thinking I'm thinking I'm thinking that's when uh Pelosi come into it. And do what? What? Throw, throw hands with him? Yeah. <laughs> nah, they can't yo, they can't leave I, I think what's gonna end up happening is honestly by hook or by crook, like he, he they gonna they gonna end up removing him out of there. You know, the thing is, if Donald Trump could get his, if Donald Trump could get his legal situation in place to prevent or to help him with, with these pending indictments, then Donald Trump is going to be able to monetize his name for so long. You think everybody else can wrote a book and made money off of him. He should be thinking about right now writing his own book. Yo, you know, the Apprentice show is going to be a next level. He's going to be able to slap his name on all kind of stuff. Yo, Donald, Trump, Donald Trump don't know how they do it in DMV when they evict niggas out. They put their shit on the street. Put it on the curb. How about this though? Being that there's no finalization of, of, of who the president actually is because all of this nonsense that's going on, what's stopping him from uh, passing other or some crazy executive order? Stuff, stuff, stuff that's just like, you know, stuff that we know or that everybody knows is gonna stir up a lot, a lot, a lot of other things. Like, what's, 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 what's stopping him from doing that? I wouldn't put nothing past Trump. That yeah, he can start I think, I think Trump. that's what's gonna happen. I, I say by like, war. he can start a world war right now if he wanted. Yo, let me, let me, yo, let me try to at least. Let me say this though, to be fair to him though, right? To be fair to him. Cause right now, just think about what Zane just said. Zane said, yo, what's stopping him from doing anything? What stops any president when they know that their term is up? Even when you're a two-term president, you're a lame duck president, what stops them from doing anything? Why do you think all these people get pardoned and all this stuff and people start doing all kinds of stuff that previously they couldn't do? Like when you're not up for re-election, it don't matter. It's almost like I'm getting fired. Perks, I'm yeah, getting fired. Oh, yeah, so. Yeah, you're right. You know, he's, he he could be reckless and he could be a loose cannon. But I think, you know, honestly, what probably will to a degree help manage some of it is he's still a brand and he's still a business. And, and he got a following, man. There's a lot of money. Not that he needs to figure out, you know, because the guy is good at monetizing stuff. He slaps his name on all these buildings and all this stuff. So, But there's a lot of money to be made from following. His following might get bigger right after. 
this presidency, he'll, he'll be open up to do so much business for many different people. Yo, right? If this wasn't 2020, it, 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 don't this kind of feel like almost like like civil war? Like, all right, this is the union, <laughs> whatever. Like, it's a real divide. It's a it's a very real divide, you know. And uh, somebody was saying to me the other day, it was like, you know, um, do I think with Joe Biden becoming president that that's gonna fix the divide? I'm like, nah, I don't think it's gonna fix it overnight. But I definitely think that prior to Donald Trump coming along, there wasn't so much energy put into, yeah, these these damn Democrats, these damn Republicans, the red state, the blue state, or this, that. Like, he's, he's really done a lot to drive a wedge between people in the country. You know, so... I'll be right back. Yeah. So, honestly, I, I, my personal opinion is that I just think that I, I would love for somebody to step in and tell them, like, yo, you need to, you, you got to concede and, and let this one go. I would love to. Don't be a sore loser, man. And don't hold up nothing in the White House because you don't want to leave. Yo, can you imagine how many people right now is good that that that's in the White House that's going to be out of a job? Yeah. And your name is Dirt. Your name is Dirt because you stood next to him and you co-signed him and went along with this stuff. Who who is going to want to hire you? And his whole his whole four year campaign is based on fear, man. Mm-hmm. You know I mean? Nah, I said you just you you missing one thing. It's not only fear; it's another thing. Lies. Yeah. <laughs> the American, that's the American culture, boy. Lies, yo, dude, this dude, yo, yo. Some of the terminology I've heard recently for him to describe him, I'm like, yo, this is foul. He's like, you know, the president has uh, has issues um, with the truth, or the president, um, what they said, the, the president can be overly committed to his own opinion. I guess that's why, yo, Kellyanne, Con- Kellyanne Conway said that there are alternative facts. Exactly. Lying ass thing. <laughs> oh, man, yo. Crazy. I'm glad when it's over. And yeah. We, I guess we can get back to business as usual, but it's, a, it's, a, it's, it's beyond a shit show now. Now it's just, now it's just like you're dragging it along, like you said. The news stations are probably pulling, putting their ratings together. Real issues need to be silenced in this country. Mm-hmm. Racism being wanted in. Cut the bullshit with the racism. You hate me for what? Why? You don't have no real reason other than how I look and the things I do. You can't keep redlining people and marginalizing people that, that want to grow. And that's why I said, after this election, we as a people need to focus on ourselves. That's it. Build whatever you got going on in your, in your personal space. Find something new to do. A lot of different things, man. And I, I think our next segue, segue, segue into what we're talking about next as far as, you know, working together. Mm-hmm. got to teach, got to get back to doing that, man. Whether it's two of us or ten of us. You know yeah. start, start using your resources wisely, man. Yeah. Let me let me show this let me show this clip to add context to um to this discussion. Let me see if I could if I could get this to work to load this up. Let's see. Yeah, can y'all see my screen? Yes, sir. Yeah. Alright, bet. Nigga learning. Nigga learning. Look at this. Check it out. So just to frame this discussion for everybody, you know, Fred Jackson. Chad Ochocinco, Brandon Marshall, 
and Channing Crowder have a podcast called I Am Athlete. And on that podcast, they discuss life after being professional football players. They talk about like finance, they talk about health, they talk about mental health. Um, it, it just, I call it, it's just refreshing to see. They talk about sports, of course, too, but it's refreshing to see them talk about something other than sports also. So, you know, I was watching the episode and I came across this clip and I thought this would be something good to really bring to the table for us to discuss on our podcast. So here goes the clip and then afterwards we'll come back and talk about it. I, I think that is something that the NBA players had on the back of their jerseys. Um, I want to say Andre Iguodala had group, had group economics. Group economics, right. With the black culture, we don't trust people. There's a reason why. Fred, do I, do, I do hard money loans now. I try to reach out to teammates and friends and say, hey, bro, let's get $500,000 together and we can invest in this hotel. We'll make 18%. For the next 10 years on a hotel, we can sell it and get our money back and continue to make money. And dude be like, bro, I ain't giving you a hundred grand. I'll be like, bro, I put, my, I put my money in there too. Like, because I got a hundred, we get five guys to put a hundred, we got six hundred, bro, we can buy a hotel. When, dude, when, you've like, been deprived, you when you've been deprived of resources and, and finances, you can't see past from me to you. Yes. And well, other money. How about that? Mm. Yeah. That's a major point. What's 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 the name of that uh podcast or, or what what is it? what's the name of that? I am athlete. It's called okay. I am athlete. So group economics and black people. Why are we reluctant to engage in them? Like, and the reason why I say why are we reluctant to engage in them because I think we all can agree that as black people in general, like it's something it's a practice that we need to definitely get better at. Um, so I thought it'd be more valuable to have a discussion in terms of what's preventing us from actually engaging. The obvious is trust and loyalty. Mm-hmm. That's, the, that's the obvious, and you know because and because we're we're not financially sound in how we use money, we hoard it. We keep it, we stash it, we do what we want of it, and then we just live in this culture. This is a culture of individuals. It's not a culture of collective ideas. Um, the only time you see collective ideas come from other nationalities. I mean, you can look at the Jewish community. That's one group economic community. They, they 200,000% support one another. Mm-hmm. Actually, actually, not to cut you off, I'm gonna just say this real quick, Rob. The Jewish the Jewish dollar goes through 16 hands before it goes in the outside, outside uh, the community. Uh, it, stays, yeah. it stays in that community 21 days. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Black people get money and stays in our hands six minutes. <laughs> Yo, you Thank mentioned you, you mentioned lack of trust. Um, you mentioned lack of trust, Rob. But honestly, I think it's lack lack of trust though for for a good reason though too. You know, and the reason why is because you know yeah, practices. We don't we don't we don't know how to trust one another. Forget about money. You know, but his his his. So here's the thing to think about, right? So even. On a larger scale, we could think we could talk about like what they're experiencing as professional athletes. So as professional athletes, I'm sure they have people pitching them all the time on yo, you wanna get this record label, you know, you wanna you wanna go get these these um these houses, you know, my boy's starting up an auto detailing business, whatever it is, they have people pitching them on all this stuff. They're getting financial advisors also. They're getting financial advisors figuring we're gonna get somebody that look like me. Those people are um high caller raping them, cheating them, and jerking them. 
then you go to you go to a high call you go get a, a, a white person who you feel like maybe more business oriented they got your money wrapped up in a ponzi scheme <laughs> whatever so yeah so you got you got you got all of these you got you all, had these all these experiences already that 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 leads to lack of trust but also but let me let me just throw some positive in there so who 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 is the guys that link up with Jamal Mashburn where this nigga got 80 car dealerships and 40 Wendy's and 30 McDonald's and he's make the most money he's ever made after being in the NBA. Yo, you know you know who those people are? The same people that like how you call it, like um LeBron, when you get the Rich Pauls and the other dudes around you and you have the you have the right team. Those are people that high call it that. So here's 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 my thinking around that's, it. That's group economics. Yeah. Look, look, look at Vinnie Johnson. Dude yo, worth like four hundred million dollars. Here's yo here's here's my thinking around it, right? So if you look at like, because I, I think this is also similar to remember um the folks that got together and bought um Freedom Land in Georgia. Okay. Mm. And we reached out to people from from, from Freedom Land also. We haven't heard back because I definitely want to talk to them, but. A lot of time in doing this, what makes it successful is you have to have somebody who has the ability to articulate the vision of what the whole collaboration is about. And you have to have people that's willing to actually buy into. Right. And I think that that's why you have the Jamal Mashburns or the LeBron James and people like that of the world that are um, high call it that they're successful because they have, they have linked up with the right people that understand their vision and as a result of that, they they become a co cohesive unit, a team that's collectively working towards that vision. That's right. But what happens, I think, sometimes is that people link up with these people not based on a vision, but based on, yo, I want to flip my money. I want to get a fat buck. And to me, it's, it's like um, sometimes we're victims of instant gratification and we want instant returns, right? So for some people, like, and when I looked at that clip, I'm thinking like he said, he's saying to them, he's like, yo, you know, for like 18 years, you know, like how many brothers, you know, gonna commit to that? There's some people who like, they wouldn't even want to pull their money for 18 days. <laughs> you got to crawl before you ball, my nigga. Rome was not built in a day. You know what I mean? If you look at the Great Wall of China, that was a 2000 year idea. It took 2000 years for that wall to be built. So if we start thinking now collectively, <clears throat> <clears throat> that yo we gotta pull our resources man it's 40 or 50 million of us in this country there's no reason why we need to be struggling because if we all pulled and used group economics with 40 to 50 million of us in this country nobody would be struggling absolutely no one but we don't know how to pull shit together i watched i, I remember the mexican family that lived not too far from me when i lived in owens mill they bought a house not too far from where I was living. Sound like my neighbors. I know where you're going. Son. <laughs> it started off with like four of them. Then it became like 12 of them. Before you know it, every man in that house had a pickup truck. Mm -hmm. the ladies had cars. They were all living in this one house. Mm -hmm. Before you know it, they bought the house right next to them. I was like, and they don't speak no fucking English. How are they able to do that? Because they know what resource, I think they know how to use resources. You use the power that you got in your house. I remember a brother, brother named is Brother Polite. That's where I got the idea from. Your home is your corporate America. He said, yo, everything that you can do in your house, 
corporate America does right now. Everything in your fucking house, in your toilet, in your kitchen sink, someone's cleaning the, the, the someone's cleaning your 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 your, your boardrooms and your, your offices and your meeting rooms prior to a meeting. That's pretty much you cleaning up your kitchen prior to breakfast being served. But now you're having dialogue with your family. What's going on with your family? But we don't think like that. We think that these answers are outside our house. So we're not even using group economics in the crib. Mm-hmm. That's where it first starts with your with you and your wife and your children, and y'all mm-hmm. come up with an idea which y'all work together for whatever reason it is. You start at home, but then you you, you venture out like how we ventured out. The reason why we on this podcast. This is a group idea. And you start from there. Whatever the pitch was very short. You're wrong. What's up? We in this, we stuck in the house. Let's just start a podcast. I'm like, alright, cool. Let's do it. And then as we got on, Zane was like, yo, y'all want some people to interview? And here we are on our forty-fourth show. Mm-hmm. Pure idea. Pure loyalty. Just just mm-hmm. sticking to one another. Shit bounces off the wall. Some shit sticks, some shit don't. People just don't realize that that's part of the game, man. You gotta crawl before you ball, man. Yeah. We're not, we're, not, we're not process-oriented people, though, for some reason. So, look, I think, I think, we are. I think we are. We just, we, we just, we just don't like to work. We like instant gratification. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I think another thing, too, is that based upon the brothers that we just saw in that clip, it's been so many years that, you know, I know I thought of this, I'm, I'm sure probably you, uh, Rob, and also Shanon thought about this, like, damn, why don't Oprah, Michael Jordan, and Bill Cosby, I, I, and- I, I, I always said that, I always said that. Yeah, and I think, I think that was, I think that was one of the main things that it showed that there was not a collective unit that wanted to invest back then. Like, these are some of the biggest stars of the 80s and 70s, and, and, and still to this day. And, yeah. and I think that, see, that's, that's- yeah. They left the community yeah. or yeah. the idea of knowing that there were people like themselves who don't yeah. have the opportunities that they have. You know what I mean? And I know brothers to this day. My man Shane is the dribble machine. He done been on and one and all that. Started from mm-hmm. right in my hood, so. mm-hmm. All that notoriety of traveling the world, he came right back to Boston Road and started a basketball tournament. And it had been, been running smooth for the last maybe Eight years, mm-hmm. and but still bringing some people that he's met, all all of, all of them notoriety, all of them some people that he met doing some basketball travel, all that traveling. He right. brings to the court for kids to be like, "Yo, I'm like, you don't." All right, even if you move out in West Bubble Club, that's your choice. You have the right to do that, but you can't eliminate where where it is that you come from with the idea saying like. You know, there's, there's no one that needs the help that I got. I got help. Mm, I got help. Right. So, my idea, and I, I, I love the idea of the concept of group economics because, yo, I, I, for me personally, I like working in the team. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because I get to learn. Actually, I get to. I do learn from the both of you two every time we on this show. Yeah. That's group economics. Is it something that I take away from these shows that I apply? And my life here, yeah. And that's, and that's more outside of the money about group economics. It's learning skills.
from one another that we might not have had if we had didn't have a, a conversation or, 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 or talk about. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You know what it what impedes us though from from fully engaging in it? What, well, two things. One, I think that um, for one, there's always the crabs in a barrel mentality, right? So there's always like on, on this ongoing competition that I think prevents people from pooling resources. Yes, sir. Um, you know, and then I think the um, the other thing also about it is like collaboration. Collaboration is easy, and uh, and uh, and I always tell people this: collaboration is easy in the sense of we working together. And I'm like, you know what, um, John, can you go move that chair for me? Bet we working together. I'll help you move the chair. Collaboration is easy in that regard, but collaboration of ideas is difficult for people. Mm-hmm. For people to share, for, for people to be able to share ideas or to buy into somebody else's idea and trust—that's what I mean around being a process. Like not everybody is process oriented. Some people want instant, instant gratification, and they and they don't realize that honestly, the beauty of everything that we do is in the process, right? Yes, you know, sure. like you reap the benefits of whatever it is that you've done later on. But once you think about things that you've accomplished in your life. Right, you go back and you're like, oh shit, you know, this experience that I had actually getting to this point is was is far more value than actually right. it. And that's why people continue to reset and try new goals and do different things because right. as much as 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 much as people may not realize it, like, yo, there's beauty in process. And I think that that's what hinders us from sometimes engaging in the group economics because you know, people want to take the long ride home. Nobody yeah, yeah. People get the instant gratification. And then you know what I think the other thing is also, I think not everybody can rebound from the same loss, right? So what's, what, for me, when I, I look at it and I'm like, yo, what's a $500 loss? To me, I might be like, damn, I lost $500. But, you know, high quote for somebody else, they could be like, well, you know, Shannon had me invest $500 in the stock market or whatever it is. The shit didn't pan out. This dude wasted my money. Or whatever it is, you know, and it even that comes with that comes with risk. If, if we have a business, that comes with risk, right? But that's what I feel like. Is everybody is everybody in a position to take risk, right? And what risk? Like risk is di- risk is different for me than it may than it may be for somebody else. Like even with those dudes sitting around talking about you talking about a hundred thousand dollars, right? Look at what we going on right. What's going on right now around us in COVID? A lot of there may be a lot of sports players and entertainers that entertainers that may not have a hundred thousand dollars liquid cash. Yes, sir. That's the truth. Yeah, they they may not. And that hundred thousand dollars, if they do have it, that hundred thousand dollar hit or to have that money tied up, they really hinder them. They may not be able to, you know, to, to get through that. And then that's and that's where you know financial liter- literacy comes in. I mean, anybody, if you're looking to do anything in a group. You got to make sure all parties involved are on the same accord. And that's conversation <coughs> and communication with one another. And I think if we if we find ourselves in a position where we can do that, to be able to communicate and talk to one another, yo, man, we can go a long way, a very long way. But it starts with trust. It starts with open communication. It starts with being honest. It starts with people being honest with themselves. What mm-hmm. you can or you cannot do. Yeah. What are you willing to do? What are you willing to do? You know, do? the one thing I didn't like, the one thing being that we talked about, you know, brothers investing and stuff like that, the one thing, don't get me wrong, like, Damon Dash is a very intelligent individual. He's not smart, he's intelligent. So, of course, that's higher than smart. And he has the business acumen and all that, but, um, 
when he showed the situation where uh, they were somewhere on stage and he was asking Lee Daniels for the money and you could tell it was tension on the stage. Like, I always felt that that could have been handled a different way. And to me, I just think that Dame Dash just wanted to be to show, no, like, he's keeping, he's keeping, he's keeping his, his his loyalty to the street. To show it, I'm gonna do it right. way. I'm gonna right. stick in his face and have to with my bread at nigga. Right, and that right there, bro. That was that 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 right there. I did, I definitely didn't agree with that. Right. Um, now, 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 if if I want to do business, because I like a lot of the shit that Dame Dash has to say, but now I have to think, I have to question. But I want to align myself. With that type of energy, in the, in yo, the yo, Rob, it's fun you say that because I was just, I was just about to put that, I was about to put that out to both of y'all. The question I posed it to folks in the chat too. If right now, Dane Dash, we all know Dane Dash business acumen, very intelligent. I agree with everything that you're saying, Zane. If Dane Dash came to you and was like, "Yo, I got a business proposition for you, um, ten racks. You give me ten racks, you could buy in." You know, you know how you call it. He tells you whatever it is, and yeah, what, what I don't, you know, I don't know what anybody's financial situation is. But he comes to you and be like, "Yo, ten grand, you buy in." Would you do it based on who? Based on what you've experienced or what you saw with Zane, with um, Dame Dash. Now, who want to go first? <laughs> now, honestly, because I know, I know, like I said, you know the individual. Mm-hmm. I would absolutely do it. Okay. You would do it, Rob? And the reason why I would do it because all the other shit is cosmetic for me with Dane. Dane mm-hmm. likes results. So I know coming in, I'm coming with results. So I ain't got to hear the, what the fuck are you doing, nigga? You ain't got, I ain't got to do all that bullshit. Listen, you want results? I'm coming with a result mind frame that that's my frame of mind coming into the situation. So for me, and if I got 10, if I got 10 grand, as a risk to give up, whether they go yay or nay. But look, 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 yo! But you kind, you kind of changed the, you changed the uh, trajectory of the question because I didn't say if you had it as a risk, yay or nay. I'm just saying flat out, give him with up, give him your yeah, service. Right, right. You and your lady about to buy a new home, Rob. You got other shit going on. You know yeah, how you go. You can't get a thousand dollars from me right now. <laughs> you couldn't. I got this. I, I'm and that and, and group economics. My wife and I, as a group, you know what I'm saying, mm-hmm. uh, have put together the means to go for our, our first home. So the business, the business plan for your life together. Yeah, son, and and, and a lot entailed in that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. There's, there's a lot of I can't go do this. I can't go do that. She was like, yo, when, when that money come in, I need half of that, my nigga. <laughs> like, you can't. But, and that's the thing about group economics too. Sacrifice. What are you willing to give up that you would normally not give up in order to get this goal done? You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Economics is simply the pulling the resources together, working towards a goal. Yeah. Period. What's so up, you, know, you see the goal, you see the goal in sight. That is the goal. And if you're focusing like that's the only that's the only direction I'm leading myself to get to, and you got five brothers on that same path, by all means, y'all will all be winners, man. Yeah, what's up, Zane? How about you? Uh, so let me let me get this question straight. Hold you on, saying hold on, Dame Dash? Hold on, hold on. Before you go, again, yo, for, for the folks that's in the chat, 
you let me know. You got ten. You got ten stacks. Dame Dash. Dame Dash comes to you and say, you know what? I have this great investment opportunity. All it costs is ten stacks to buy in. Are you giving the ten stacks to Dame Dash? That's the question, Zane. Well, number one, <laughs> I don't think <laughs> I don't think it'll happen because Dame Dash is if you ain't putting a hundred. You ain't put 100% of your own money in it, then you ain't a boss. So, but if Dame Dash did say he had a business opportunity, I would I would say yes, but I would have to sign a contract with him. The contract, the steak and potatoes of that contract would basically say, if XYZ does not work out, you're not gonna bash my name and go on. No, 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 no. The reason, the reason why is because number one, <clears throat> That might hinder me from getting other business uh, 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 deals down the line with 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 any other person that wants to come to me or I want to come to them. So you hold on, hold on, Zane. Let me stop you there. Let me say this because you and I are almost close to the same place because we're thinking relationship, right? Right. You right. know, you're thinking, and I appreciate this. You're saying Dame Dash has this business acumen and there's the potential to make this money with him. But if it goes what? awry, I'm mm -hmm. cool with the money, but I want to maintain the relationship. But let me ask you this. Do you think that your relationship to begin with would be in jeopardy partnering with them? Yes. So why would you be why would you be unwilling? Why would you make him sign a contract stating that if the business doesn't work out, he won't jeopardize your relationship if already you're entering into that venture, knowing that your relate your your name is gonna take a hit for being associated with him as a business partner because dame dash is very cutting he's a businessman and when you're a businessman that doesn't mean that you do it, it means it means it, it means it means three things you're unfair you're fair or you're sharp mm -hmm. those are the only options right and in business as we see in corporate america or we see in politics and all that nine times out of ten People get burnt over. Like you, you have Jeff Bezos. That doesn't mean that Jeff Bezos came up with the intellectual property of everything that he did after when he initiated started from 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 making from from selling books. Come on now. Mm -hmm. So and, and, and all these other different acquisitions that Jeff Bezos has for these companies that he can, he invested like twenty eight other companies that's coming out that's going to have IPOs. But anyway, back to Dane Dash. Um, the main reason is that this dude has a crazy paper trail. I mean, the situation with Jay-Z, the situation with Lee Daniels, the situation with Rachel Roy. Now, come on. If 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 if, if he's gonna burn his baby mom, or he's gonna burn one of the people that he made hundreds of millions of dollars with and talk shit about them, he don't give a damn about talking shit about me. Over some over some 10 grand. So yo, so again. So again, I go back to why, why is it that we, that we would feel inclined to enter into this business venture with him? Because based on the fact that we feel that he's a successful business, based on what he says, like, would any of us vet him? Would we vet him? Or are we only going by we've seen with Rockaway and Rockefeller has done? Only thing that been a success was the stuff that he was with uh, that that was aligned with Jay Z and with Kareem Biggs. 
Don't get me wrong. Dame Dash is selling oil. Dame Dash has Dusko whiskey. He is Dame Dash Studios, but and he, but nothing really like is on the forefront of of, of anything right now. None of what he's doing has sensationalized the public to say you know Dame Dash is back in the same lighting that he was in before. I think he's hurt himself by his behavior and his mannerisms that you know right. want to do business with him. I mean those tantrums. You know, but but keeping it real, the reason why I would say it is because you know what you're getting yourself into. Now, he may not look to us like the individual, like like a Kareem Biggs in the the business that he's doing, because he's doing a lot of business, too. There's a lot of guys that's doing business outside of the music uh, industry, per se. Mm-hmm. That are making good money, and Dame, Dame is one of them. And he, I think, he's realized that he doesn't need to be in the public eye to to, to seem like he got money or be successful. Mm-hmm. He knows yeah, that backstage money looking real good to Dame. Mm-hmm. So again, I pose the question for people that's in the chat. You know, you got Dame Dash. We're talking about group economics. Dame Dash comes to you and says, "Hey, I have this great business venture." And for you to buy in, all I need is $10,000 from you. Based on whatever your financial situation is now, would you give Dame Dash that $10,000 to invest? And if so, why? One more more thing I wanted to add to that, Shannon, is that, okay, if it's, it's like, whether it's dealing with tech or fast food business, I would have to know what the competition is. I would have to know if it's something that... Think from, uh-huh. of, think from the premise of group economics with that question, like mm-hmm. as, okay, a group, cool. as, a, uh, as a nah, I would I like that. That that'll be my main thing. I, I I would I would have to sign a contract with the dude for that. You know, for the for the for the ten grand that I'm about to put into whatever idea he has. Because if it goes wrong, I don't want to be on every YouTube channel and, and, and he's, on, he's on he's on he's on vlad tv or whatever talking about, talking about talking about zane henderson zane henderson come on man you nah i don't want to go through that you look when they get you look when they get blackballed like like choke no joke Man, right. Dave Dash for right. man, Choke be having the funniest stuff on there, man. Yo, let me yo, let me let me tell you, let me tell you my response to it. So Zane, I appreciate what you're saying, Zane, because Zane is like, I want to sign a contract with him to protect my reputation. To me, it would have the return on that ten thousand would have to be so great that I would I would be like, you know what? I'm not worried about my reputation, but if he told me you put in ten grand and then there's a potential you get fifteen, I, you get fifteen grand back, whatever, I wouldn't do it. You know why? Because I would be thinking about that would prevent me from getting these other deals. Right. You know, based on my working relationship, and that's that's not to say that I think Dame Dash is brilliant in business. You know, I think I think he's a brilliant businessman. I think from a relationship standpoint, which is a significant portion of business relationship, that I think that he keeps he keeps blowing out these relationships or he yeah. has or he's with operating from the perspective of hierarchy right so when dame dash was at the height of his success he was up here and when you're up here you could talk and say whatever you want because you're generating and making all this revenue for people yeah. you know and and you making all this money but now the dynamic has shifted and now he's probably before people were probably coming to him looking to partner with him now yeah. sure it's 
the dynamic has shifted where potentially he's like, I'm gonna partner with somebody, I'm a boss. Here's something that we could do together. We could partner together. And I think that with that being said, like I, I really, it would have to be something that, that that was really, really lucrative for me to get involved with him because I would feel that it would run the potential of killing other deals. Like who have you seen recently get in bed with him and do any deals? Reputable people. Well, I mean, mm. are, actually, a lot the people that are dealing with Dame are not in the forefront behind the scenes. Even, you know, um... But, you, Rob, let me ask you this. Mm-hmm. When huge... Kanye was the only one when that huge, I know of. When huge mergers, and corp, you was in corporate America, when huge mergers and acquisitions occur, they do a press release. Why? They, they, they got to let you know what you're what you about to walk into. Yeah, and, and they need to tell you what everything about this company, from the money they made to the people they stole from, they got to tell you everything that's involved. Mm-hmm. And that press release is to, it's almost like a sales pitch. This is what you're getting. Mm-hmm. This is what the company is about. This is what they're offering, and that's one of the reasons why. When I lost, when I lost my second kidney, kind of off the topic, I thought I was getting the same benefit package going into the next company. I had no package mm-hmm. at all. You know what I'm saying? And mm-hmm. I had to go outside into the out in the world and get my own benefits package, unbeknownst from my from the, from the company I was working for. So when when a merger happens, two things happen. You have the option mm-hmm. not to be a part of the merger, mm-hmm. or you have to concede in what this person is offering for you and there's small window for negotiation. You're just merging into another company. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? You don't have, you don't have the, 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 the leverage to say, all right, if not, I'm coming over here. Can I get five extra grand in my salary? Because I know the work I bring into the table is going to do X, Y, and Z for you in over a certain amount of years. So yeah. can, I, can I negotiate a, another salary? Big money, mm-hmm. big money deals, though, are, uh, um Deals are announced because people want that to be public knowledge that they win it, right? Mm-hmm. Same when them sports players get them contracts and stuff like that becomes public knowledge. So I just brought that up because you said, you know, he's he do, he's doing his deals behind the scene. So he hasn't yeah. done the deal behind the scene yet that he feels is the deal that should be in public view right. for everybody, right? Because if it was a, if it was a monumental deal or something that he felt really great with about, come on, we know we seen Dane's personality for years. Think you'll put it on blast? Hell yeah! Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Hell That's yeah. when we turn to champagne, Dane again. He'll be, he he be having little bottles in his hand and all that. He wouldn't be wrong for doing it. He wouldn't be wrong yeah. for doing it. if he if right now Dane Dash sold Dash Studios to Netflix a hundred million dollars in a net. You don't think he announced like, yeah, I just, I just sold Dash, Dash. Yeah. They make it seem like, yeah, Netflix just threw me a bag for about hundred million, but it wasn't nothing. Oh, <laughs> yeah, right. Tell you exactly what he would say. I built yeah. it up. I built it up and I sold it. I got this hundred million. I'm gonna take it. I'm gonna reinvest it in the next business and do something, something else with it. Which there's nothing wrong with that. That's not wrong. With that. yeah, not wrong. That's that's what I said. Like Dane Dash to me is like, yo, he's a smart dude, a great business cat. You know, but again, like bringing it back to group economics, like I think that is the reason why that us as black people, like we we sometimes are fearful about doing these kind of things because you know, like 
we, 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 we're concerned about what relationships people have with other people. We're concerned about what the return on our investment is going to be. We're concerned about what, what's the timeliness of the return on the investment. Um, we've been burned by people that have been close to us. Like you hear these stories of people coming into a couple of dollars and you know, they're getting robbed by people that they grew up with their whole life. Yeah, I tell you what though, is one thing that Cuz sent me, your older brother Kenyatta sent me the other day and he was showing me the uh, the link for the investing in having your own uh, Floyd, Mayweather train, Floyd, Floyd, Mayweather, Floyd Mayweather training camp uh, gem. Yeah. That looks like something that is going to pop off. Like that's that's pretty lucrative. Yeah. Let me say this and then we should transition to fatherhood. One other last note I had about um about group economics also is I think that for us in terms of putting group economics together, you know, and us us doing the stuff that we have to realize that idea to me ideas are ideas, but also yeah. we have to sometimes formalize those ideas and have business plans to further yeah. you know to cultivate the ideas like it can't just be you know me going to my man and me like yo i really like i really like music yo give me twenty five thousand so i could so i could build a studio or whatever you know like you gotta talk yeah. it out man you gotta talk it out you, yeah you gotta put it in plain sense so it makes it you gotta people have to see it and that's the thing about pitching you know and using words carefully because you want people to see the vision and see themselves in the vision i mean I, at, I think I was maybe 19 going on 20, a buddy of mine moved up to Utica, New York, opened up a, uh, like a convenience store. I mean, we sold, this is when we, we were selling Carl Kanai and Paco and used jeans and shit like that. But the store was a, a pretty much a novelty store where we sold clothes, we sold handmade jewelry, we sold oil, we sold mixtapes, we sold books. So all that, you know what I'm saying? And we're watching money come in and coming out we were only getting $100 a week. So some of us felt like, yo, son, that Carl Kanai suit, just all four of them students went out this door, 250 a piece. Could we get a piece of that? Mm-hmm. The thing you got to realize is that when you're opening up a business such as such as like a store or something like that, yo, all that money you make go right back into the business. Yeah, of course, yeah. Well, but, that, but, but, but this is the error. That wasn't explained to us. It was explained mm-hmm. that we can come, we can leave the Bronx, go to Utica, so we can make some money. They just never said how much. They never said how much. And <laughs> saying, but then as you learn, you learn about business that, you know, the money that 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 that, that you're making goes right back into the business. Because now when people come in, we can put something at the storefront, lights, whatever it is that's drawing attraction to the business. So I may not get that hundred dollars that Friday. I might get seventy-five. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because that whatever that twenty-five dollars I would normally get, that might have went back to a better register. Mm-hmm. Or the way money is being exchanged now with cards and swipes and all this other stuff. You got to think. But but if no one tells you that, that got to be a part of the conversation. Exactly. I'm not going to pay you a lot. Yeah, brother. And- Hey, you ain't never talk about money. Instant, huh? remember I said instant gratification. People want to wait for the return on investment. I, I blame the microwave for that. They got people mm-hmm. fucked up. They need food. I'm telling y'all, you better invest some money in Bitcoin. Because while all this chaos is going on with, on the news, Bitcoin is at damn near sixteen thousand dollars now, and nobody's talking about the news. I haven't been looking at it. 
good good brother Shah says that. The, yeah. yeah, he they ain't got the good public the public opinion on that. Yet. Yeah, yeah. I um I haven't been looking at Bitcoin lately, but I'm I'm not I'm not I'm not a fan of cryptocurrency right now though. But that, that's all. I guess that's another. That's oh, another you say your public relations ain't good right now. Yeah, that's, that's another episode. Um, but yo, just um transitioning to our next topic, fatherhood. You know, I, when we interviewed DJ EFN, he was talking about that he got the fatherhood podcast and i said to him and i stand by it yo to me father being a father is one of the most is not one of the most is the most rewarding thing that i've ever done with my life but it's also the most difficult thing that i've ever done um in my life and it comes with a lot of anxiety you brothers are uh, um, fathers also so you already know what it is let's start zane we'll start with zane let's go around you want you want to weigh in give your opinion zane yeah man like you know i mean i did a lot of craziness when i was younger you know what I'm saying? And for me, I have three different kids. I have three I have three kids, three three baby mothers. So you're dealing with three different personalities and all that other stuff. You know what I'm saying? And at the end of the at the end of the day, huh? You got this slinging nuts up there, Swinging like Babe Ruth. Swinging like a little time for that boy. Yeah, but you know what? But as I got older, as I got older, certain things didn't. I just started to slow down. You know what I'm saying? And I think with that, that just played. I guess just just as far as like maturing, developing, and kind of just dealing with so different different personalities and stuff like that. You know what I'm saying? And when you when you have three different three kids by three different mothers, man, that that that. That alone, right there, like I said, you, you're dealing with three different personalities. Shout out to to, to my uh, children's mothers and shout out to my kids. Nice. Uh, beautiful black queens. I got I got two sons and I got a daughter. Um, my daughter's the youngest. My daughter just turned ten. My oldest son is twenty, and my second son is uh, sixteen. God bless you, brother. God bless you, brother. Yeah, but uh, uh, but 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 you know what it is too. I think. Um, the, one of the main things, like you know, when they had like the rich, the Richard Bay show and all these different talk shows, how they how they project the, the, the <laughs> yeah, like the, the baby mama drama and all that other stuff. Like, I mean, Maury might still be doing like up to date shows. I don't know, but this dude made millions upon millions off of off of perpetuating or mm-hmm. showing the stigma with with the with the black culture and you notice they don't they don't show spanish people on there they show all black people either black or white or it's like a, a black person that's dating that has a kid by a white lady or vice versa and they don't show they don't show they don't show no asians they don't show no indians and you you Come think on, that's you think that's strategic what to um how you call it what to like they emasculate the black father of course of course <laughs> You know, black man is always under attack, man. Yeah, yeah man. What 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 does that what does a full fledged supreme black man look like? Raising his family, business minded, all of all of the accolades we we deserve, we have yet to see. That. I think the closest might might have been Mr. Huxtable, but probably so. Yeah, and, and you know what? Real quick, um, do you know? They'll probably know this though. But right before Bill Cosby went in. They was gonna come out with a newer, update, mod, modern version of the of the Cosby Show. Now, uh, Bill Cosby was gonna be the executive producer. But he wasn't. He might have made 
maybe one uh, some cameos in it, but he wasn't going to be like actually in it again, like how he was back in the day. And I just think like when you have shows like that with a strong uh, black family structure, mm-hmm. uh, uh, the media does don't want that picture portrayed yeah, on, yeah. on shows because yeah, that I, that. But no, nah, go ahead, bro. Go ahead. No, uh, the, the idea of a black man in his supreme role mm-hmm. is not the image that they want, and, and, that, and, and it mm-hmm. deals, has a lot to deal with imagery. Mm-hmm. Having that as an imagery is something that if we're not wise enough to take that image for ourselves and perpetuate it the way we want it, we can't allow any of our predecessors to do the same. And for me, honestly, fatherhood is the best hood to be in. <laughs> I love fatherhood, man. I love, <clears throat> I love being a nurturer. I love being a teacher. I love being fun-loving with my children. And to be honest with you, you know, most of my friends know this, but I don't have any physical children on my own. The women that I've that I've dated in my life have honored me with the position of being a father to their Oh, own. You, you don't have any biological children? I don't have any biological children. But I got okay. I, but I have nine daughters, mm. Wow. Every every last woman that I've been involved with has given me the uh, honored me with the opportunity to be a pillar in their children's life. And to this day, even with the women that I'm not with, I'm still mm-hmm. a, a pivotal piece in those girls' lives. So I have mm-hmm. nine daughters. And like I said, nurturing them, teaching them, being the fun-loving guy. Sometimes mm-hmm. I felt I was a little mean, a little loud, but <laughs> they respected me because I come from respect. You know, my, 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 my dealing with my father when I was young, my 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 father, my biological father, wasn't in my life, but my stepfather stepped in and gave me mm-hmm. the tools and the, the conversations needed. I never got locked up. I never went to jail. I never sold drugs, and I didn't have any children out of wedlock because I don't have any children. Man, what about the episode we talking about with the dude, man? What episode? Episode back, man. What's the episode, Shanon? I don't even know. You said, man, you said, man, I, I didn't take that from the store. I don't remember that. I don't remember that story. I remember. But yeah, nah, yo, I, I'll say but, this. But, um, but let, let me let me just, I'll, I'll just wrap it up, man. Being a father, like y'all already know, you can enjoy it until the kids take the fun out of it because you're dealing with teaching, teaching them responsibility, teaching them the, 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 the what, what, what an earning system looks like. Removing mm. laziness of children, but they're beautiful because you know that they're learning, you know that they can capture it, and that's the best part to me about being a father is instilling the lesson and watching it grow. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I'll tell, tell you this: um, what I what I've learned also, I think, over the years is that um, it's, a lot of times it's not only about what you say; it's that you know your kids watch you intently. They watch your actions and watch how you move. You know, and how you interact with your significant other. That's right. And, you that, know, part, that part, yeah, is the most important part. Yeah, because modeling what a relationship should look like for them in a, um in the future. Like you know, like I I just think like the last even the last couple of weeks, like I've had moments where um, you know with my children that's that that make me like nostalgic. Like you know, my oldest, he was online with me to vote. Um, you know, oh that's great, man. Online to vote and then. 
you know, like I told you guys, taking um, my daughter, getting her first car on the taking that down. And then my youngest, I just happened to be looking on YouTube and I see an old YouTube video that he created on his own six yo, years. Nice. They don't even look like him, yo. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, high quality, and, but in my eyes, they're always, no matter how old they get or how bigger they get, they always look like little kids, you know? And I remember even my youngest telling me too, he was like, you know, one of the things, he was like, one of the things you gotta learn how to do is, you gotta, you gotta learn how to let your kids grow up or whatever. Mm. Like, that's hard for me or whatever as a protector because I forget that, you know, with my own parents and in, in, in order for me to learn, I had to make mistakes. But now I'm in a position where I don't want to see them make no mistakes or whatever. And I just automatically make the assumption that they go through life the same way that I went through life at their age and some of the things that I did. I'm like, I don't want them doing that stuff. Right. You know? But at the end of the day, it all comes down to kind of just allowing them to grow. It's like, you know, we talk about like, like seed, like plant, you know, like you watering that flower, watering that plant and waiting it to grow. And you got to make sure you give it the right, the, 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 um, the right nutrients. Right. You know? And right. body, model relationships and stuff like that, and just put your time and energy. Um, I mean, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of other influences. Like we already know, you know what that is. It's a lot of the, the climate of just the stuff is changing, man. Yeah, the environment is changing with a lot of these different things that's going on that I don't agree with. You know, that's that's going on, but you know, um, you got to just think like, what's it going to be like twenty years from now? Well, here's the thing, though. Here's the thing though, like this this comes up and I always say to people also. So there's a lot, a lot of times I hear people talk about like these like these outside influences. Outside influences have always been been involved, like even in our lives with us growing up. What has to happen is that you have to win the battle, right? Mm. So your influence has to supersede the outside influence. And yes, and, and to be perfectly honest with you, all the time it's not going to. You just want your kids to always to come back to that moral compass, that moral compass that you've instilled in them. You know, so when people start talking about like um, the, the the different things, like you know, you hear people, oh, you know, the this the drugs and the music, and you know, the um, the the how uh, sexuality is portrayed and the violence and all that stuff or whatever. You know, why I don't get I don't get wrapped up in it. I don't get wrapped up in it because I feel like. At the end of the day, only thing that I could do is my part to the best of my ability. I can't control the external forces that the kids are going to come in contact with in the world. I just have to have faith that I've given them enough tools to right. make a decision when they encounter on um, these things. And I don't, and, and perfectly honest with you, I don't want to lay the foot. I don't want to lay the responsibility of things that transpire in their life, all of that at the foot of society. Like, you know, like there are people that'll be like, you know, um, yeah, my kids, my kid's an asshole and he did this and he did that. You know why? Because look at those damn video games. So it was that rap music or whatever, like, yo, rap mu music, influence, movie influ influence, all this stuff has been around forever. Let me tell you. you. Matter of us winning the war with right. it. That's right. That's right. That's right. Let me tell you, my, my, my pops set me straight at age 13. He, he just knew, he's like, yeah, you're gonna end up on the block selling drugs. I already see it, I already see it. But let me tell you this, you get caught, you get locked up. You wanna go to jail and get raped by men? Sell some drugs. That's all, that's all, that was it. That was it. Oh, to get 
I'm 13. I, you know, I didn't know much about sex at 13. I wasn't one of them, you know, early guys who had all these these, these, these little escapades. But at 13, I'm hearing you just, you just knew that wasn't what you envisioned sex to be. <laughs> men having sex with men? What the fuck is going on, yo? And I gotta live through that. She said, "Yeah, doing three years, but you can be in yourself and you're hearing men every night get raped." You wanna go in there for that? I was like, you know what? Anytime I got off of you, bro, why don't you come to the block? Nah. Nah. Right. <laughs> and you know, you know, I'm, I'm gonna go to the basketball club. I'm gonna go play some ball. And then as time went on, when my friends started getting locked up, I started people give you 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 come up to the block, someone's running from the cops, you just watching this go by like this, like what the fuck? Yo. It just resonated with me different, but it was that conversation that I had with my father. Now I look back, and here it is. I'm playing. I got a father role, and I got daughters. I know. Yeah. How, I know yeah. how these are in the street. You kidding me? Yeah. Well, I tell them square biz. This is how young boys are. This is how men are. You got a lot of creeps out here. Yo, hold your chastity, your chase as long as you can. Keep your innocence. And I'ma know. When that chassis is broken, <laughs> trust me. Even if you don't did tell, you, did you ever get them into like martial arts or whatever, Rob? No, but I, I did, I did, I did, I did teach my daughters a way to protect themselves if anyone ever got close upon them, so they know what to do. Okay. You, which is using their bare hands. Yeah. How to get somebody up off them, and that and that comes with you know being a protector and a provider. You want to make sure that when they're out in the world, they know how to handle themselves. You know what I mean? Yeah. Our children to be stewards of society, to be society's image of what you want society to look out, and they got to go out there and they got to exercise that. So, because yeah. I remember brothers, man, I remember like I never been to the Greek fest. I used to always had the uh, the intentions on going, but I always did something else. And it was Sodom and Gomorrah on the planet. Yeah, man. I used to hear the stories. Like, I mean, I, I remember one time back when I was in high school, a uh, bunch, bunch of homegirls that I was real cool with went down there, and they were saying that uh, it was it was a big situation down there with dudes down there with stun guns, and they was, like, stunning the women down there with the stun guns and, like, taking advantage of them and stuff. Yeah. Wow. And I was just like, yo, man, like, it's... Yeah, I'm like 95, and I, I let you know it was an experience. <laughs> it's not, it's not a place. If if you hear your daughter saying I'm going to Greek, Chris, you gotta be like, oh shit. <laughs> My daughter better not never tell. Well, I heard what's the one was trying to bring it back uh, this year, but that's when the COVID happened. Who was it? Jermaine Dupree and somebody else? They were trying to bring oh freak no, I'm sorry, Freaknik. They they bring Freaknik back. I'm like, come on, bro. Nah, they, 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 that pre- yo, but you know, you know something? Let's see, look at the, look at the change in the dynamics, right? Like it's like, yo, I, I don't want my kid going, but I, but, but you wanted to go. <laughs> I look at that like <clears throat> in the '60s and the '70s, our parents had Woodstock. Yeah. That's exactly what freaked me. Was. And yo, it's, and and right now, people still go to Burning Man. What's that? Never heard of Burning Man? They go out in the go out in the desert. They are high quality. Yo, there are a lot of people. They got the Burning Man. That's the sound in the desert. It's like a um, what? It's, yeah, it's like a huge, almost like a um, a chick like a retreat, and you know, high quality. It's it's it it. Me being on the outside and that culture, it looks weird to me. 
not saying it's weird, but it looks weird to me, but people go to Burning Man, same way people go to, look, kids now go to festivals, they go to Coachella. They go to Coachella. Some yeah. people go, go to that shit called, you ever heard of Hedonism? Hey, oh yeah, 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 yeah. You, Zane, you heard of Hedonism before. Hedonism, uh -huh. Jamaican resorts, and it's I heard about them stories, man. No. I have I have a couple of buddies that, you know, been to stuff like that. That well, that that particular event and things similar to that, and yeah, yeah it's crazy. But fatherhood yeah. never stops, man. Parenting never stops. I even, like how I brought it back around. <laughs> even, when, even when children get older, you, you still provide lessons. You still give them guidance. So. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna tell you like. Shout out to all the Yo, I'm gonna tell you. I'm gonna tell you something that bugs me out to this day. Like still to this day, that I'm like, I, I'm like, yo. When I listen to my kids, my kids be like, well, daddy. I be like, I'm like, me, daddy. Get the text from daddy. Can you, daddy? I'm like, man, yeah. It's just, it's just high calling. It's odd, you know. Like, but then it's, it's, it's things like you know, high calling. Like you never forget. You never forget the first time your kid walked and talked. First time they read, first time they drove a car, you know, first job they got when they graduate from school. Milestones, man. Those yeah, man. Like yo, all that, all that stuff, all that stuff sticks with you. And, and their accomplishments, their accomplishments is like, you know, like you look at it and you like, yo, all I want you to be is better. You know, you ain't gotta be me. I want you to be better than me. Like that's to me, that's the benchmark. Like yo, that's, that's where I come in and I and I need them a little a brain I'm trying to brainwash them into becoming better people I want them to see the lessons that have valued me to become who I am but mm -hmm. you know, take my lessons further you know? go go buck wild with you know I mean because I didn't get an opportunity to, to really fashion some of the things that were given to me you know because of because of choices that I made yeah. but you know Rob yo they are they are great people they're great people in their own yeah, like, like I, I think I, I think I've learned that like over the years too for me to just be like you know what like I may have all these brand designs and plans on what they should be or what they should be doing with their life but at the end of the day to me like the most successful is that yo they're good people right like I don't I don't I, I don't high call it I don't feel like that my children are intentionally going out to try to hurt people Right. Or, you know, or blatantly trying to do the wrong thing. Right. You know, I feel right. like me and Tanya have given them good stock. That's right. And, you know, and, and good energy. And that, you know, how you call it, like, as long as they maximize and reach their fullest potential, you know, I'm happy with it. Guys, and you was going to say something. What do you guys think? Because I know in Indian, Indian tradition, it's very, very important that the parents do, like, the arranged marriages. Like, what do you guys think realistically is the percentage of the marriages that actually work out through the arranged marriages, or or is it like through Indian tradition? I guess they they have to they have to you know. Well, I was uh, when you said that, I was gonna say I think I think a lot of that depends on if it's here, meaning mm -hmm. if it's arranged here or if it's arranged in India. 
because um mm -hmm. i was even watching even on 90 day fiance like they, mm -hmm. they got stuff like taxes for people who get the, you, you got divorced that's gonna run you 25 racks yeah get out of 25 racks <laughs> yeah 25 the dude had to just now pay um twenty five thousand to his wife but um the arrange, those arranged marriages i honestly i don't know i don't want to speak out of place i don't know the data i don't know the data mm -hmm. i Not thought you were going to arranged marriages were a way of life that i think we, we we were living that way prior to being on this side of the planet or in the western hemisphere of america mm -hmm. you know what i mean oh. it, it was it was something communal. it was group economics it was group economics, group economics right ended yeah. right right yeah. there son. ended right there son that's exactly what it was. Yeah, it was group. It was group economics. It was and a right pair people together, based based on what they was bringing. Mm -hmm. And pretty much, some someone was a nurturer, a good teacher. Someone was good with their hands. They found a way that the two could mesh together. And before mm -hmm. you, like you said, group economics. You got one a woman doing this, a man doing this. You bring in a child. You bring a child into the planet to become a steward of society. Mm -hmm. You want them to be a participant in society. You know what I'm saying? Raising them to be respectful. Raising them, yes, ma'am, no, sir. Listen, man, all you ask for. <laughs> yo, Zane, man, I, yo, I took your cap with the, um, the, the, the took my cap to you, three baby moms, boy. Woo. Bless you, bro. Yeah, yeah, I, I've been, I've been fortunate. I've been blessed. You know how you call it? Me and, uh, me and Tanya, as, as Rob refers to as LT. Y'all, 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 as parents, I love, I love how y'all. No, with your children. I remember way back. Shannon probably don't remember this, Rob, but I remember when when Shannon first met Tanya. He said he told me. I think I, I think I might have been out there for the summertime when we was having a talk, and you said that she's the one. I don't you know. Told me that a long if time I did, ago. I, did, I was right. If I did, yeah. I was right. He told me a long time ago. Yeah, he probably don't even that's remember that. that. I came to visit yeah. for a couple days for summer. You met her in Truman? Yeah, yeah, in Truman, yeah. Truman High, boy. The product, product of Truman High, boy. My daughter sent me and Tanya a picture one day and it had a picture of Truman and she was like, I'm gonna tell my kids this was Rikers Island. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what's the, what's, what's the situation up there briefly? Like, how, is, is that COVID stuff spiking up or what? That's what I'm thinking. Like, yo, after all these people been in these goddamn uh, at these poll centers and all that, yo, that them, them numbers is going up crazy. And you know what it is though, like being being that. Remember they were saying this like way back in like April or whatever. That was one of the major reasons why they knew elections was coming and they knew this stuff. That's one of the major factors how they knew it was gonna it was gonna go up and you know during the fall season election. One of the biggest yo. elections. Ever. Check this out. We're gonna have another um another spinoff, No Ideas Original Podcast Conspiracy Hour with Zane. <laughs> um, no, I'll be a part of that. I'll, I'll bring some, 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 some Oh man, I got I got so much stuff I can talk about on there. <laughs> Believe it or not, yo, a lot of conspiracy theories are starting to. They're starting to show some truth in them, man. Yeah, That's man. You throw the baby out with the bathwater, as they say. Yeah, no, nah, you're not lying about that. You know, um, I don't know if y'all ever read it. Have, have either one of you ever wrote, um, read um, Behold a Pale Horse? 
sir. Yeah, by Robert, Robert, uh, Robert Green. Robert that, Green. Robert, Robert Green wrote, uh, wrote the, um, 48 Laws of Power. Robert Williams. Robert Williams is the Robert something. No, it was Robert. It was, I can't remember, but yeah, I, I know you're talking about. I know you're talking about. Yo, that book, that book. William Cooper, you right, William Cooper. William Cooper. That book was illegal in jail, yo. They yeah, didn't want the inmates reading that shit. Yo, I, I read it. I read it in probably a day. I yeah. gave it to um to, to one of my uncles to read. Yo, he came back to me in like two days with like a freaking summary. Like, yo, because in chapter four, when he said, and I remember because I was a station out in New Mexico, I could tell you everything about Roswell. Yo, me and him must yo. have that book for hype for God only knows how long. When I drove to California, and right, I read that book when I drove to California, driving through New Mexico. It made me think about that book because mm. when I was driving through there, as soon as we left, as soon as we driving out of the the state line of Texas into New Mexico, yo, we had no radio waves. We're trying to find a radio station to listen to music, and the speedometer just kept spinning. The shit would not stop, and I'm like, what, "Are we getting abducted?" I was getting scared. I was bugging out, like, "Yo, what the fuck is going on here? Why can't I hear no radio?" Yeah, that's crazy. Huh? The weirdest experience in my life. But out there, because of UFO sightings and other sightings, mm-hmm. they, they they don't have no no radio waves, so it doesn't interfere with the the, the waves that they're using to contact any extra uh, uh, extraterrestrial life forms. So. Yeah. Hmm. For those who haven't, for those, for those who haven't, and they're into conspiracies, behold the pale horse. William Cooper, behold the pale horse. Very, very good book. Yo, that's 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 it for um for tonight's show. Any any parting words? Damn, Rob. Next week, when we when we get up next week, you're gonna be you're gonna be in a, another location, right? New location come next Friday. Oh. Well, actually, whatever we do next Friday, I might I, I should be. Um, should be a Mount Vernon. I might be. I, I might be doing it from uh, Edible Treats. Wow. <laughs> oh, live on location from Edible Treats. Live from location from Edible Treats next Friday. So we'll see. Yeah. Everybody have a good weekend. We'll catch everybody next week. Peace, everybody. Right. Peace. Adios.